Hello, hello, hello. Good day and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Eschettino. Thank you um, to all of my listeners. I uh, recently went over 500 listens and I gained another country, uh, buongiorno, to my Italian comrades that are listening to me out there. Uh, I'll tell you, it's you know, obviously, I didn't start this podcast, uh, you know, to become rich. I started it with an eye of bringing um, some some fun history to people and to trying to educate people and getting people to think about things and, and challenge the norms. And um, I know I've done that. I, I've personally spoken to some people uh, who have really, uh, you know, they, they've brought up things that I've talked about and they've been like, wow, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way or... Yeah, you know, I disagree with you completely about that, which is great. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing this with a sense of you know everyone should listen to me exactly. I want to challenge you. I want to, and I, and I want to bring stuff out there. So thank you very much. Um, we're halfway to a thousand. Let's keep pushing it on. As I always say, if you like this, you know, let a friend know about it. You know, send it out there. So um, there are a couple of things going on uh, this weekend that I wanted to talk about. Um, the the most notable one uh, is that we've got the resolution in the United States, the resolution of the Senate trial of, of the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And uh, this is going exactly the way that pretty much everyone, including myself, had said it was going to go. It's going to result in acquittal of the president. Um, the Republicans are lockstep. They're going to vote to acquit. Uh, I don't know when the vote is going to be. Um, it could be as early as this coming Wednesday. might be later. Uh, from what I've been hearing, you know my, my inside sources. From what I've been hearing, they're not, they're not going to hold the acquittal until after the State of the Union. Which, by the way, um, does not have to be done in person. Um, the Speaker of the House usually invites the President to address uh, chambers, to address the, the Senate, the Congress. But that doesn't have to be the case. Now, it would be um, absolutely precedence-shattering if Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, was to say, yeah, I'm not going to invite the president here. I mean, it, it you know, again, could she do it? Absolutely. It's certainly within her power. She could say, yeah, listen, uh, please just submit it in writing. Uh, many presidents historically have submitted it in writing. You know, they have to, the president does have to give a yearly kind of uh, what's going on, but it doesn't have to be in person. It's just usually something that's been afforded to different presidents. And most presidents use it as their, you know, opportunity to kind of, you know, talk about things and also to talk about how, you know, all the good things going on are their responsibility. I mean, and that's that's been the case, you know, through the years, Democrats and the Republicans both, because, you know, whoever's in power now, you're not always going to be in power. And therefore, when your guy, you know, when the opponent's guy gets in power, you, you know, they're going to want to do the same thing. So usually that's why you've seen, you know, even when, let's say, the Republicans hold the House, the Republican speaker will invite a Democratic president to come in because they know at some point it's going to be the other way around. Democrats will hold the House, and they want to will our Republican president to come in and talk. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here. Um, now, the, the reason I wanted to bring this up, though, is because 
I have been very, very concerned um, as someone who is uh, an historian, um, a constitutional scholar. Um, I have been really interested in the reasoning. I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing, like, it's one thing to win a game. It's another thing for people to say, listen, you know, you won a game because you got really lucky or something. You, you didn't dominantly win the game. And then you can turn around and be like, well, who cares? We won. Fair enough. I get that. Fair enough. You have every right to say that. I mean, you know, it's like, oops, you know, the official missed a handball and therefore we scored a goal. And it's like, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, that's the way the game goes, right? That's what we talk about things. My main concern with this trial was, uh, aside from the fact that they didn't call witnesses in, which I feel is an absolute uh, disgrace um, to the trial. Um, you know, you, you just, you got the sense the entire time that, that the, uh, the Republicans, the, the conservatives in this country were trying to just have as little get done as possible. Let's get this moved on. Let's go to a vote to, cl- to, to quit. And that's that. Um, if you're really interested, I mean, here's the thing. And people are always like, well, well, but what about this person? That but I'm very honest about this. And anyone that knows me, um, you know, will know. I don't have any problem throwing uh, both Democrats and Republicans under the bus. I don't really care. If you've done something illegal, if you've done something that goes to the detriment of the country, um, I will have no problem calling you out on it. You know, that, that's, that's all there is to it. Because, well, this person did that. You know, I know a lot of people like to attack, uh, you know, liberals on President Obama. Well, but he did this, he did. Well, it doesn't make it right, does it now? But here's the thing. It's not, that's a logical uh, fallacy. It's, it's, it's a, it's... You cannot just say, well, because this other guy did it, then it's okay. No, it wasn't right when so-and-so did it. It wasn't right when this person does it. You know, uh, President Obama, for example, had people uh, killed by drone strikes. It wasn't right when he did it. It's not right now. I I don't feel it is, especially under President Obama with American citizens uh, under under drone strikes. Um, But that's, you know, that's just, that's neither here nor there. My main concern with this impeachment trial was the arguments that the president's uh, legal team made. And here's why I have an issue with it, uh, because I do feel it's extremely long lasting. It's, it's very far reaching. Their argument was essentially, you know, uh, Nixon somewhere, wherever he is, uh, has got to be cracking that little bit of a grin, you know, uh, because they basically argued that, you know, if the president does it, it means it's not a crime. Um, you know, and the Republican senators made the same argument. They made the same argument. I mean, think about this now. It's crazy. I mean, the, you know, senators and, and defense counsel uh, were arguing that it's like, well, if the president, I mean, one of the arguments was that if the president feels that it's, in the best interests of the country, then it's not impeachable. I mean, are you really, really going to make that argument? I feel a lot of things might be in the best interests of the country. So if the president, because that argument, and here's the thing, in the U.S. justice system, we have a thing called precedence. 
So when there's been a precedence set down, it means that a law, that a legal decision has been made that therefore guides any other legal decisions. It's a precedence, okay? <clears throat> now you have a precedence that says, well, if the president of the United States feels it's in the best interests of the country, um, then it's okay. I, are, are you really kidding me here? So then, you know, what happens if a Democrat gets into office and says, well, you know what, I feel it's in the best interest of the country to have all Republicans locked up. I mean, obviously that would be absurd. Uh, and, and no one in the right mind should want it, for the most part. But that's the type of thing. So, I mean, legally now you've set the drawer. I mean, for the, the idea that this president could then come out there and be like, well, listen, and, and I know before I even say this, I know people, as soon as I say it, are going to roll their eyes. But I'm, I'm bringing a valid what-if question up. What if the president says uh, in November, listen, um, I, I really don't feel that having elections right now would be the best interest of the country because we're still worried about the coronavirus or I'm worried the Russians might interfere with the election. Uh, based on the outcome of this trial, the Senate trial, you essentially said that that's OK. You said, well, yeah, you know, the president, you know, presidents do these things. Um it's very worrisome. It really is. Uh, and it's also really eroding the balance of power. Uh, you know, originally in the United States, we have the three uh, branches of government, the judiciary, the legislative, and the executive. And all of them have things that they, you know, have, they have something where they have a power over another branch and they have a weakness to another branch. But what you're doing here in, in the legislative is you're basically giving the president radically imperial powers. And this is a problem. Like I said, it, it doesn't even have to do with the fact that it's a Republican in office right now. Okay, It has to do with the fact that whoever's in that office, Republican, Democrat, whoever, has vastly expanded powers now on the basis of the end results of this uh, uh, you know, impeachment trial. And that should be a worry for everyone who doesn't want one person to have that much power. I mean, originally, and those of you who've studied history will know this, or if I was your teacher at some point, you paid half attention to me. The founding fathers envisioned the presidency as kind of a, a kind of like, it would be where, where Congress was at a standstill, the president might get drawn into things, okay? The president was originally a fairly weak position. Uh, he was. Uh, he was designed to... Ha there, there were definitely some rights, and that was to keep Congress in check, and again, the judiciary in check. But it was nothing like what's being, what's being seen today. Um, and you can trace that back as far as you want. Um, you know, if, if you're really going to press me on it, I mean, I could go back all the way uh, to arguments, you know, almost to the beginning. You know, I mean, Washington seems to be the only guy who took the role uh, very seriously and, in fact, set, set the precedence for the precedent. You like that? Uh, with the two terms, you know, he didn't have to. He could have gone more. He chose not to. Because he said that's, you know, it's enough for me. 
Um, and that went all the way until Roosevelt, you know, in, in, in the, the 1930s and 1940s. But here's my point. Right now, <clears throat> you have a situation where this acquittal, when it comes, and it's not just about the acquittal. It's about the reasoning, okay? The president has the right to do this, has the right to do that. They've basically argued for an imperial presidency, and like I said, when I when I bring my Nixon stuff up, okay, I mean Nixon, who did something? I mean Nixon's the only thing Nixon was guilty about was obstructing justice, which is a serious crime. Don't get me wrong; it's serious. But what was he obstructing? He was obstructing the fact that his guys, you know, were spying on the Democrats. Okay, I mean that's one thing. It's wrong. It should be punished. It was punished. Okay, Nixon resigned rather than face an impeachment, which his own Republican Party told him we are not going to have the votes to acquit. But the accusations against the current president are far more serious. The accusations against the current president are that he withheld foreign aid contingent upon the country that was supposed to receive the aid, Ukraine, announcing that they were investigating uh, his political opponent and his political opponent's son. And when you read the uh, evidence out there, the big thing is that it's not that he really wanted an investigation. He wanted them to announce an investigation. And see, here's my problem. When someone's accused of a crime, it's front page news. When eventually it comes out that they had nothing to do with it, it becomes something that goes on page 25 of the local paper. Uh, but the damage is done. You know, the damage is done. I remember when I was very young, uh, you know, I was, I was doing uh, gifted and talented classes, you know, at uh, Campbell School. One of the great institutions of learning in New Jersey, and dare I say the nation. It's gone now. They destroyed it. Uh, they knocked it down to make room for another school that's probably inferior, but that's the way things go. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, this one young girl unfortunately accused uh, the male teacher of uh, doing inappropriate things. And it became a case where he was immediately removed from the classroom. Uh, which, which, you know, yes, if there's an accusation, that's going to happen. But then later on, it came out that she had made the whole thing up uh, because of issues at home. Um, I, I forget the exact, what the exact decision was, but his reputation was tarnished, okay, forever. That's the problem. The problem here is that what they wanted, and, and this is the thing, they wanted Biden's reputation to take a hit because at the time he was seen as the most viable candidate now he might he might not win the primaries here for the democrats but the fact that the president can do this i mean what stops the president then let's say elizabeth warren takes over as the the potential leading candidate or bernie sanders can the president then ask foreign countries to launch investigations of these people or to dig up dirt? According to what the Senate is deciding and what they will vote upon in the next several days, yes, they can. The president can do that. And like I said, the whole idea of 
you know, well, if the if the president feels this is the best interest of the country, um, you know, hello, I feel that it would be in the best interest of the country if uh, everyone had to root for Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club. But I mean, that's that's absolutely ridiculous, obviously, because if you know you really you know love football, you're rooting for Chelsea anyway. But the bottom line is that no one should have that kind of power to decide what to do. And especially so, they're admitting that, yes, the president did commit acts which were potentially impeachable, but it doesn't matter. Okay, Marco Rubio, for example, arguing that it doesn't matter, really, it doesn't matter, and I'm paraphrasing here, okay, yes, maybe the the acts were impeachable, but that doesn't mean it's not in the best interest of the country if we remove the president. Well, I'm sorry, Senator Rubio, but if the president has committed acts which Congress has determined to be impeachable, then I think that, you know, it, it, it shouldn't just be you're able to say, well, no, but we're not going to remove him. I mean, obviously, that's why you have the trial. But when you have the trial, you need to have witnesses. No trial would be accurate without witnesses. And, you know, I've said from the beginning, this entire thing was, was kind of a, a bit of a sham. Um, and it's upsetting. And I'm not saying this just because it's Republicans. It happens to be Republicans in charge right now. Uh, but and imagine a trial. Imagine being on trial. You, whoever you are, wherever you are listening to me. Imagine being on trial for something. And the jury comes in on day one and says, listen, we already know how we're voting. And then you say, oh, okay. All right. You know how you're voting. Fair enough. Well, listen. I believe that I'm not guilty. I would like to call witnesses. And the jury says, yeah, no, we're not going to hear any witnesses. Well, why not? Because I don't know if you heard us the first time. We've already decided how we're voting. It doesn't matter if witnesses come in here and say you're guilty, not guilty, what have you. We've already decided. That's it. It's over. Okay? This is a problem. It's a major problem. And, uh, you know, to the people, I, you know, I am on TikTok right now, Acheron21, for those of you who are interested, please do follow me. I post stuff about history. It's fun. It's all G-rated, like my podcast, okay? So you don't have to worry about anything. Um, you know, I, I see people arguing, you know, uh, well, you know, uh, the, the time to call witnesses is in discovery. Okay, yes, that's when you call things. But here's the deal. And I know people will be upset about this. With John Bolton, okay? Um, when someone comes out, if, if let's say you're on trial, you know, for, for murder, and, you know, they have discovery, and they've brought stuff, and then two weeks into the trial, things are looking bad. But then someone comes out and says, hey, listen, um, I'd been keeping this a secret because... I was afraid of what would happen, but the bottom line is that I have evidence that, you know, uh, Ashitino could not possibly have done this because I've got evidence, video and photo evidence of uh, me and him uh, at, at a football match. That immediately becomes enterable. You, you wouldn't be like, the judge would never be like, oh, well, you know what, too bad. Um, even though now we know we have exculpatory or evidence which uh, makes someone, you know, not guilty, 
even though we know we have evidence to the contrary, we're not going to allow that in and we're going to send him to jail for life for murder. I mean, this is, this is just simply outrageous, okay? Any new evidence should want to be heard. We should want to know if the president, any president, has been guilty of doing things which are unconstitutional or which are impeachable crimes, okay? That's the bottom line, whoever they are, all right? It, it doesn't matter. It's not about being a Republican or a Democrat. It's about holding the person who is the most powerful human being in the world, holding that person accountable. And if you're not willing to do that, you're really setting the stage for the future for this person to completely run amok. And again, this is how dictatorships form, authoritarian governments form. I know, I've probably got people right now going, oh God, he's trying to say we're going to beat them dictatorship. I'm not saying that's going to happen tomorrow. What I am saying is the following, and I really want to kind of end my podcast on this note, that it is a very slippery slope from democracy to authoritarianism, okay? And that when you expand the powers of an individual office, like the President of the United States, you're opening the door for whoever comes in to use that power in order to make what they want happen. Now, I'm not saying Trump's going to do it by any means, okay? But what I'm saying is that you've now opened the door. So let's say Trump loses the election in 2020, okay? Let's say he loses. Whoever wins will now have a tremendous amount of power at their hands, They'll be able to do certain things that we might not want a president to do, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Let's say he wins in 2020. He will then be able to say, listen, I was accused of doing this. I was acquitted of this. And the defense argument, which won, basically said the president can do whatever the heck he wants within a certain very broad spectrum. That's where I have the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't like the idea of a strong presidency. Um, a strong Congress is one thing because, you know what, as much as people say, oh, no one gets anything done, yeah, well, you know, maybe maybe they don't get as much done as you might want. But the bottom line is that there's no real way for Congress to seize power the way that a president could seize power. And if you look at all the dictatorships that have existed, what you normally see is that you normally see a situation where um, you know an individual is given more and more power, and then they take that. You know, uh, it, it's like rights. Once you you know, once you give a right away, you never get it back. Once you allow for encroachment on your rights, you never get it back. This is why I was against the Patriot Act when it was first enacted in the early two thousands. And this is why I'm against anything that gives an individual more power. Because whereas a large group of people, there will always be infighting, there will always be, you know, things going on between Congress. But an individual, an individual is dangerous because they can then decide, well, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. The Germans had it with the Enabling Act. 
And I'm sure many Germans thought in 1932, well, no, look, this Hitler guy, he's nothing, blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm not, I'm not comparing Trump to Hitler by any means. Trump is nowhere close to Hitler at all. And if you think that, then you're, you're being absolutely silly here. What I am saying, though, is that I'm very concerned right now about the slide of the United States into an authoritarian government. Whether that authoritarian is Republican or Democrat or whatever, I am concerned because this they have opened the door to an imperial presidency that would make Richard Nixon blush. And, uh, you know, it would be entertaining if, uh, <laughs> if Futurama was still doing any kind of episodes to see uh, President Nixon uh, come out there. And, and comment on this. And I'm sure he'd be thrilled. You know, and also aggravated. And probably say something like, well, if Fox News were around when I was president, you know, <laughs> I, I would never have had to resign. But be that as it may, uh, here we are. And we're going to see what happens this coming week. By the next time I speak with you, this will already have been decided. And I don't know if that's going to be what I talk about next Sunday. But we're in the month of February right now. Black History Month. A great month. Um, and, uh, what I wanted to leave you all with is this idea again. Um, I, you know, Kobe Bryant, people keep on talking, you know, people are, are putting more and more stuff forward about him. Um, again, look, life, life, ladies and gentlemen, is very short in the grand scheme of things. And it can be a lot shorter You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So whether you're religious or not, whether you're conservative or liberal, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever in the world you are, do this, please. Tell the people around you that you care about, that you love them. Tell them you care about them. I know this sounds all kind of, you know, wishy-washy and whatnot, but the reality is... You know what, I have several people in my life who died um, that, you know, that I was close to. Um, and, and for many of them, I was not able to tell them before they died that I love them. And I know you could say, well, what does it matter? It doesn't for them, they're dead, but it matters for me because I'm alive, okay? I was able to tell a few people that I love them before they died, but you know what, you don't know. And nobody does uh, when when the, the, the no one knows the day nor the hour. Tell people you love them. Stop with the hate. You know, even if you're aggravated with people, talk to them. Um, you know, we, we just have too much. You know, we go through our lives. You know, we focus this hatred. We focus this anger on things. It's not worth it. Really. We just we need to have more love. That is really the only thing that is going to avert uh, any kind of, you know, disaster um, as far as conflicts going on uh, within our different countries. You know, stop with the hate and and keep with the love. And you know what? Whether they love you back or not, it doesn't matter. You know, I say good morning to uh, students every morning. It doesn't matter if they say good morning to me back. Okay? That's irrelevant. I'm saying good morning to them. I want them to know that I care about them. 
When I tell people I love them, I want them to know that I do love them, okay? You know, I have an inexhaustible amount of love, as you would no doubt expect from me. In any case, uh, that's our episode from this week. As always, I do encourage you to um, uh, write me if you want. Um, you can, on the Anchor app, you can leave a voice message. Um, you can also, on uh, I am on TikTok, Acheron21, A-C-H-E-R-O-N, as in Nancy, 21. Uh, the Mad Historian is my name. Um, also, I'm on Instagram, uh, Antonius Optimus. Okay, you can go for that. Uh, follow me, interact. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, I'm always here and I'm always open for discussion. Uh, you know, like I said, I do have people that tell me this and that. I try and take everyone's comments into consideration. Uh, but yeah, follow me, TikTok, Instagram, you know, let's grow Ash's army. You know, I'm at 500, uh, listens, uh, for the year. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get that to 5,000. Okay. Let's move it up. I'm in about 20 states right now in the United States. I want more. I want to be at 30 states. I want to be at 40 states. I want to be at 50 states in countries. You know, like I said, my comrades in Italy are listening to me. I want to be more. I'm in, I'm in so many different countries right now. Uh, it's fantastic, and I love all of you guys. Um, you know, it's really, it's something else uh, of the countries that I'm in. Where am I in right now? Let me see. I'm in the following countries. The United States, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, the Philippines, Hong Kong, Pakistan, the Czech Republic, Brazil, Djibouti, and Italy. Let's go for more. If you know someone living somewhere else, let them know about this podcast. I hope you guys and gals all have a wonderful rest of your week. And I look forward to talking to each and every one of you uh, in the next week. So have a great one. Take care. Love one another. Bye-bye.